is uh, a lot of uh, frustration with people to get themselves to a certain level and which comes which actually starts when uh, they see that they are not being accepted or they have a different a variety of challenges apart from their own challenges in life so i thought that this thing which uh, shri had created the weekend lounge more and more people should join should let us listen to us um, we will be having a lot many guests here in this on this platform and everybody will share their experience not this is not a renting a place kind of thing but it's when we share our stories we are trying to heal the larger world so uh, when it comes to me my story is like it has so many dimensions Hey, Nagi. Uh, uh, yeah, we let's uh, quickly welcome before uh, many more people join. And uh, yeah, hi, Carl. Uh, good to have you here, uh, brother. It's been uh, really nice that you uh, made it here to this show. It's been wonderful. Hey, uh, I do have uh, Ratinam Sundaraj. He's uh, from the uh, all india medical health professionals association a very dear friend of mine and uh, welcome ratinam sir it's very good i do have uh, simeon mehinga uh, where are you from simeon um, please do let us know in the text hey hi he's from tanzania yeah so yes um, he is he is the founder of the nonprofit that I'm working with, and um, they are committed for uh, women empowerment. They give uh, free education to build women entrepreneurship in Tanzania. Wow, wonderful! Uh, great to know Simeon. In fact, uh, Nadine has been uh, mentioning about your uh, endeavors with the nonprofit. So glad that you are here today. had uh, our dear brother Carl is uh, here. Uh, welcome brother and uh, Carl has been doing a lot of wonderful work with the United States uh, Community uh, Care and Resource Council and uh, yeah they, they are really uh, doing a lot of uh, community outreach yeah, programs. Yeah he's more like an angel in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we know his work uh, <laughs> they are not just in the United States. Yeah, um, thinking of actually getting all his work to India as well. So, welcome, brother, once again, and uh, glad that you are here. And Dr. Sonia from South Africa. And uh, yeah, I've been actually following. Uh, Dr. Sonia's uh, post, Nagin, and uh, very, very interesting and uh, really glad to have you here, ma'am. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for your support for the cause. That's really good. Yeah, I think people are joining. We had uh, good numbers for support. It's been uh, so wonderful, Nagin, in terms of uh, the kind of messages which I got um, uh, in the last, uh, I think from the time we announced this, in fact, a lot of people have uh, shown their support. And uh, I know that um, 
some of you uh, who signed up may not be in a position to join immediately or due to any emergencies but be assured that we will have a recording which we will uh, you know made it back to you the moment uh, the show ends so no worries we understand that but we are so happy that uh, we have your support and uh, we look forward to the your continued support because there's a lot which we intend to do with uh, this particular uh, topic which is uh, how can uh, women of color maneuver and navigate their uh, life both personal and professional with the kind of challenges so yeah thanks thanks uh, for your support and looking forward yeah i have uh, uh, dominic and hey glad dominic uh, where are you uh, signing in from uh, dominic welcome to the show thank you very much for your support brother it's been really uh, kind of you to have uh, joined in wonderful Sure, most of the people who uh, joined and uh, showed their interest, I think uh, one thing which gets us all together, I think it is the cause which we are talking about, Nagin. And uh, yes. yeah, I think uh, because it was a very short notice, um, the uh, you know weekend launch uh, plan to launch, and I was just wondering uh, whether we will have attendees. But I'm so overwhelmed by uh, the kind of support which has come. I think uh, all the people who have uh, signed up are really uh, for the cause and we are united for this cause. And I think that's really good. And there are a lot of people, uh, it's not specific to uh, people of color, but I, I think we have friends all over. And I think they are very sensitive to the uh, needs of the people who are facing these challenges so thank you very much for uh, coming in it's uh, the show is not though the title is uh, you know color doesn't matter but i think uh, people who have joined in are sensitive and uh, want to support our cause so i'm so glad actually it's it's really wonderful Yes, I can see we have Dominic from uh, US Medicine. So welcome. Uh, nice to have you. And we are, as Sherry said, we are really happy and glad to see uh, people coming, supporting us. And uh, this is something that needs to be addressed. It is uh, something that we can just put it under the carpet and uh, you know live our lives. So even if we are facing challenges as people of color, it is very important and it is very um, kind of you know like needs a lot of support from the people who understands who are ready to understand that if we are feeling this way, it's not that you know it doesn't exist or it's coming. It's a fabricated. Uh, thinking that is coming from our minds or you know how we feel but they are ready to work around it and find um, ways where we stand and say okay you know we are heard we people are ready to listen to us and they accept us as human beings uh, forget about the professions that we are coming from 
So I think um, the support that we get and the work, I mean, I have been involved with uh, diversity and inclusion work in the US um, structure. So I know there are um, people coming from different uh, mindset. And yes, there are people who find it difficult to accept us. And there are people who are ready to help us to uh, be seen and heard. So the allies, I think the allies are more than the people who don't want to accept us. So I focus on the allyship, on the people who have the positive mindset, then focusing on uh, you know people who are trying to undermine everyone. Because uh, again, Sherry, as we go in the program, in the show, we will know that you know some kind of insecurities are their own. It has nothing to do with us. Hey, yeah, sure, sure. We will. We all look forward to hearing your story. And we have uh, Dr. Usha Rupnarayan, and she is. Uh, she says she is Dr. Sonia's sister. So thank you very much, sister, to have uh, joined in and in support. So we have the family here in yes. uh, full <laughs> force and support. Thank you very much, Dr. Usha, for uh, gracing this uh, event. And I think uh, we are really blessed to have you here and. Uh, we look forward to your continued uh, engagement and support. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. So we have, uh, yeah, and I think we will talk about it uh, for sure uh, uh, about uh, the uh, support which uh, we need from the family. And that, that really is, uh, I think, the foundation when we have to maneuver. And I'm sure that Nagin has so much to say about that as well in terms of uh, you know, how that impacts uh, the, uh, the growth of women, especially uh, when they have to face um, all types of, uh, I think, challenges, which includes uh, just being uh, women of color. And that's about it. And that's, just, uh, that's something which I always wondered, and I really was uh, not sensitive to myself for, I think, uh, Almost, it's been only the last 10 years I started seeing that, hey, uh, not much of uh, development really has happened here. So I'm looking forward to hearing your story for sure. And I'm sure the uh, our uh, friends who are joining in are uh, looking for it. I think, um, yeah, we are uh, about 10 minutes. So I think in the uh, best interest of all our friends who have joined in and uh, we can uh, probably, uh, so I would uh, request Nagin to, once in a while, I will urge you to repeat uh, the story because uh, I'm sure that people take some time to come in and uh, get settled into the lounge. And uh, after all, we are calling it a lounge, yeah, right? Weekend so, lounge. Yeah, yeah weekend everybody, lounge. So. We are expecting everybody to be in their pajamas and coffee absolutely. and, uh, and you know, cold drinks and stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. I think... Uh, we are just uh, not wanting any uh, kind of uh, really strict enforcement of discipline. Yeah, so. see, Shiri and I are not wearing suits even. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we made yeah. sure we, this lounge looks like a weekend lounge. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, thanks. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so, uh, so Nagin, I wanted to ask, you know, so let's uh, quickly, if you can just uh, take us, you know, much earlier before you... Uh, you know, 
started to face the challenges of uh, career before you landed in the US and the kind of journey because there's so much of lessons to learn for all of us. Yes. So can you just so, uh, share that uh, with our friends here? Right. So I am uh, I'm originally from Pakistan and um, I have three brothers and I was the only girl child of the family. So I was my dad's little princess. Uh, and you know how it is in our, I think in every culture, you know, if, you, if the daughters are more attached to their fathers. And my dad was the kind of person who believed in women empowerment, who believed in the power of women. And so I was raised very differently, even in that society. And let me put it this way that um, many people will not like it when I say this, but I have I've born, I've born there and I've been raised there. So I know that there are people in that part of the world who do not or who are not ready to see women thrive or uh, move ahead in their journey towards um, career, a better career, or even grow up as uh, powerful individuals. So it, is, it, is, it has always been a struggle but my family, especially my dad, he was of the mindset that, you know, women should study, women um, should have better careers, and they can do everything that a man can do. So, and uh, maybe more because they can give birth to children as well. So, <laughs> so you know, like coming from that uh, uh, like background, it was so, uh, you know, kind of... Um, for me, I, I never knew that the world outside, the outer world is a challenge because at home it was, uh, you know, everything, number one, because I was the only girl child. So I had all those privileges. And then uh, for being the only girl, so, you know, I was fighting with my brothers that I need this because I'm your only sister. So I would play that card really well at home. But then, and so I wasn't prepared to see the world in its actual true colors. Let me put it this way. And, um, but during that time when I was, a, a, you know, uh, not married young girl, I had those um, incidents happening in life, which would trigger some kind of friction and discomfort within my soul. So, uh, for example, in our part of the world, a fair skin is something that is, um, you know, every woman should have a fair skin, right? And if somebody is not fair, you have a wheatish complexion that is mine. So you are seen as somebody not beautiful, not charming, not attractive. So I know it, it didn't matter to my father, it didn't matter to me, but it definitely mattered to the family or you know the extended family or the friends that we were moving around with so i was always seen as somebody that you know she she's not fair so i would always think that why people have this complex of color and why do they kind of uh, you know measure us the level the beauty benchmark of who has created this why people can't see the person and the soul and the brain and why people are more uh, inclined towards how uh, anybody would appear and which is beyond their uh, control because they are born that way anyway so it, it had always been there but the seed was there but i never knew that in the larger world it is 
it is going to be so huge. You know, when I would start my career and how I would be seen, how I would be labeled, I had no clue where I, what I will end up in. So cut story short after my father's death and then I got married to a family, a typical Pakistani family. I had my, uh, I must say the best part of that uh, entire 12 years of marriage is my two handsome sons. But other than that, I have, I just recall that as a journey where God really wanted me to live that life so that I could become hope for millions in coming years. But I didn't know that while I was going through that process in those 12 years, seen as, so, you know, at home, it was complete contrast to the life I had been living with my family, with my dad and my parents. It was completely different. So I, in that family, uh, decisions coming from women never mattered. Their uh, likes and dislikes never mattered. And it was always that you have to be a good wife. And the definition of good wife is to not have food without the husband or the husband should eat first. You have to wait, even if you are dying or starving, you have to wait till husband actually eats or comes home at whatever he wants to. Uh, so it was a very typical conservative background uh, of that family. But uh, somehow I managed to uh, do my career piece even then. I put my foot down that I will be working because I was um, uh, employed with a US-based multinational. I was in, at a very senior position there in Pakistan. And uh, so I just wanted... Um, uh, you know, I just wanted to see that um, how uh, the whole thing would impact my life in the way that um, when we are talking to uh, people, when we are sharing our stories, when I would go to my work and I have like after a difficult conversation back home, I every morning I would struggle to go to work because it always started with a fight. So when I would enter my office, there I was um, one of the, you know, the senior, I was in the senior leadership. So when I would step in my office, it was more like, okay, ma'am is here and she has to make decisions and I get into my work and it was a global uh, organization. So working with different countries, different people, different cultures, I was completely a different person. But the pain and the um, the struggle that I was having at home was taking a toll on me it, to keep the balance. And here's what I'm trying to, the reason why I say that the women of color go through a lot is because uh, their cultural um, upbringing or the cultural acceptance uh, is different from others. There's a lot that they, but they get into this guilty phase um, that because they're grown, uh, they're nurtured as that they have to take care of the family first and their interest and their um, freedom comes later. It ha has to be family all the time. So 
you know, we get into that guilt that if we are doing something for ourselves, if we are doing something for our careers, if we are uh, standing up for ourselves, we are actually doing a sin or it's not uh, good to do. We will be seen as not good women and, you know, like that kind of stuff. So again, so, uh, just a question here. I think I've been also thinking about it and uh, <clears throat> not just women, but I, I think... Uh, all those who have these uh, cultural influences, deep-seated cultural influences and conditioning, I think that dissonance which happens and the discomfort from uh, what we believed in and uh, when we step out into the world, as you beautifully explained in terms of when we step out, what we thought at home and what we were conditioned to believe and what we face I think that is a very powerful thing which you are trying to say because I think uh, so. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to hint at the family's role in terms of uh, kind of a reality check and uh, trying to prepare uh, their children because I would uh, like to stick to that part for a while uh, because that's a very important thing uh, before uh, you know allowing the angel to step out into this world, how prepared are we and how culturally sensitized are we to ensure that our little girls and of color who are, as you said, not fair skinned, how would they face up within their own communities and within their own cultures? It's, it's, it's a different matter. We go to other parts of the world and face a different uh, issue, but if you look at it, do you think that the cultural thing and with the family as well, uh, there is a lot of responsibility? Yes, I think uh, uh, with family, definitely, because it's everything starts uh, from the family. You see, our first uh, interaction is that with our cousins, with our aunts and uncles. That's how uh, we grow up, right? And our neighbors. So it is a responsibility of every human being. It's, uh, you know, if you are related, it fits family and friends as a society in large to accept um, women as they are, I mean, uh, you know, these kind of, uh, the. I always say that the, the talk that you have on your dining table, at your dining table, breaks you or makes you in your life later. And okay. we have to be very, and we have to be very careful about it. For instance, like if I would always go to my dad with all these ventings that people uh, commented like this I was wearing a yellow and they said oh she's looking good in yellow uh, although she's Vedish I mean why do you have to add that if I'm looking good I'm looking good right and why do you have to add that in spite of being Vedish or in spite of being dark uh, she's looking good in red or she's looking good in yellow and I would go and vent to my dad and he would always say that there's their perspective you don't have to, uh, you know, believe in them. I mean, you have to believe in yourself. Why did you buy that yellow? You bought it because you think that you will look good in it. And you wore it because you you thought that it's looking good on you. So just stick to that. And, you know, the, just silent the noises that are coming from the outer world. But it's not that easy. That's what I'm trying to say. Although my father is no more, he's like, God bless him. Um, 
but the thing is that um i have like although his words gave me power gave me the strength to believe in myself but at the same time he was unable to give me the tools to handle that yeah, all so he was yeah so all he was emphasizing was believe in yourself and silent the noises coming from the world right but the thing is i want i now in my life at this journey the reason i'm become a coach or i'm like um helping women to understand is that while we are raising our young girls or even our um, young teammates and managers and even as when we have a position as a leader we should not only tell them to believe in themselves but give them the tools to handle those situations Very then nice. only the change in society will come otherwise fact, not uh, my my question to you was yes and that's that's really the concern you know and especially when you come from um, cultures which are male dominated and yes. uh, while the parents want the best for their child but they do not have the toolkit to help their children as you rightly said i'm i'm just looking at it the male domination and i think uh, i would also ask you that question as we go along because dr sonia says that in a, a male dominated uh, environment how do you actually uh, you know maneuver uh, it's it's not just the color issue here it's about in terms of even uh, uh the male and the uh, female and then the kind of power play which happens i think that's another the other thing is uh, in terms of even um, my question to you will be in many cultures including in africa like simeon was mentioning that you know uh, and even in india in fact i have seen that if and the sad part is that if you are a girl of color uh you have to pay a heavy price heavy price not just in terms of the uh, impact which happens from the society but the parents have to dish out a lot of money even in today's world you know in terms of the uh, the bribes uh, dowry and so on and so forth so sad but uh, in fact i was i was just talking to someone uh, the other day and i saw the advertisement uh, in the newspaper it it is asking for a boy is looking for a girl and the first statement is she has to be fair and that really uh, struck me and we said that we are in uh, 2021 and uh, so how has been so i, I would want you to also look at uh, two things the uh, definitely interesting to know the family related stuff plus how do we maneuver and how did you the male dominated society how did you keep yourself from being distracted and uh, you know by all this noise which happens this is some of the uh, javer has also joined in and he was like really putting in some powerful points and uh, he was also saying that we tend to get distracted with all the uh, you know noise which happens around us and i think that's a very very uh, interesting thing so probably you can throw some light on that and then yeah so uh uh coming to the point that how 
to keep yourself focused is how important is um your how important are your goals how how important are your values for yourself that's that's the key i understand that in a me and nobody else can understand better than me because i've been in the society where okay fine at home i had to make my position you know like to convince people that if i'm giving an advice it is of value forget about if it's coming from a woman just for, uh, now right now now the now what i'm taking the leading this whole conversation is forget about the point that it is coming it's about color or anything the only fact that it is coming from women puts you at a spot so for me to uh, you know like keep living in that situation where uh, my ex-husband and his family would always question the in, the credibility of my advisors the 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 power of what i'm saying is was always challenged just because i was a woman and you know how can you say that how can you do that or what makes you say that you know that kind of questions were always bombarding and it was like a common conversation it was like saying hello or saying i'm thirsty it was like that thing so every time I'm, and i could see all the other women in the family right there the other women in the family they were fine with it because they were they more like majority and that's where we want to make the change that's where you know like conversations like this will bring the change it's not that we are sitting in a room and talking about it and the reason why people from all parts of the world are joining today is a reflection that yes these conversations matter we need to speak it's high time because if we don't bring it in public that's what our other women our other like mothers and sisters and cousins and aunts have done in previous generations and we are paying the price we never stepped up and say that we we never had allies like shiri we never had allies like all these men who are here in the conversation i mean i'm i'm sorry i can't i'm not focusing on the comments right now but i will make sure to answer everyone after the uh, the program but because every comment matters and is valued but i can see so many people engaged and involved and there are men in it right so we create these allyship only happened because women started to feel that they are being uh, sidelined and they need to speak up for their rights and when you are uh, talking about your problems with a mindset for creating solutions that's where people join you if you sit and went i have been through those um advices where people said where women said that it's okay if your husband is beating you it's okay you are his wife really if your husband is loud to you it's okay because you are his wife if if he doesn't want you to do something it's okay you don't have to fight because he's your husband so when we and then um you know at times it's your brother at times it's your father it's not always it's your husband at times it's your father it's your uh, the male uh, relationship that you have the dominant relationship in your life at times it's a, it's your husband it's your father it's your brother and the world has to say the women are 
uh, the generations before us, they advise us that it's okay, right? So we are breaking that thing by just having these conversations. And it's painful, as, as Sherry said, that, you know, in the year 2021, we are seeking out openly in public that the only way a woman, a young woman, can be my daughter-in-law, can be married to my son, if she is fair. Doesn't matter if she's uneducated, doesn't matter if she doesn't have values, doesn't matter if uh, she is, uh, you know, uh, she's uh, strong-headed or anything. But the only criteria is that she has to be fair. And then that fair criteria would lead to, okay, now, you're in the house and you have to follow our rules and regulations, right? So what we have to do here, uh, what I did, and I'm just sharing my journey, my, my experiences only because I, did, I was not right every time. It was trial and error. As I said, that our, uh, the women that I would go for advisors would advise me to just calm down. Okay, so what I'm I taking... hear you say, Nadine, is one thing which came out very, uh... Uh, important and I hear you say that it's time that we uh, especially women of color stop just um, so what I understood is stop just looking at being a victim or playing the uh, victim uh, role it's time that we moved up a level and started to look at what value we are going to add because the more we are complaining, what I hear you say is if we are in the complaining mode uh, throughout our life, I think we will never be able to cross that barrier. If I heard you right, what you said is it's so powerful uh, saying that what do I bring to the table? Our attention, uh, as you say, very interesting, in fact, uh, to look inwards and say what you can actually bring to the table yeah and see when i i said that i was in pakistan i was uh, the i was leading uh, the the office in pakistan for the company that i was working for and daily i had to go through uh, this test that because a decision had come from madam so it, she is not sure what she's doing it's an emotional one. It's um, why are we doing this? Why has she, you know, and all those questions were coming only because they were reporting into a women leader. Okay. Right. And uh, so, you know, if, so here's the thing, if you are leading an organization, you will make decisions which may go wrong. There, uh, in an organ, if you're leading an organization, there will be times when you will make decisions that uh, would impact many. Uh, difficult decisions you take because you have to, and that has nothing to do with the credibility. Has nothing to do with you being a woman or a man. You take those decisions as a leader, and th there is no gender attached to leadership. But my question to you, Nagin, here is that uh, uh, does that play a role, especially in terms of uh, if I ask you, did you have to work 
extra hard to prove yourself just because you were different, you were a woman in the first place and in a male dominated society and a culture and heading an organization. That is kind of, uh, I'm just trying to imagine how difficult it would have been for men to accept. So do you think that uh, you had to work three times more harder than others would normally or the men would? So I'm just asking this question. Yes, and here I would make a point to Sharif. The mistake that I made was, and I will be very honest, I'm, I'm like vulnerable here on this platform, is because the mistake that I made was that every time I would make a decision, I would first try to explain why I made this decision, okay. right? And the only reason I did that was because I knew that there will be a pushback from my male colleagues. They will not accept it. So I have to prove my point first. Although I had this um, liberty, this uh, flexibility being the head of the organization that if I have taken a decision I will just announce that this is what it is and we all are going to work towards it and that you know try to focus on the goals of that decision the the objective of that decision but that what that was never my point I would first prepare a whole speech uh, you know a in the for the conference room full of men that this is a decision I've taken because of A, B, C, D reasons. So it was more for me, the first thing was that, you know, let them accept it, let them accept it. And then I, I will tell, okay, this is a decision and this will be the technical outcomes or the um, financial results or whatever would come later. The first thing was that to get accepted as a woman leading the organization. So definitely I had to work more I have to put more effort and anything, if anything would go wrong, I would first blame myself that because everybody will see it as because, you know, she took the decision. That is why it's wrong. Yeah. In fact, uh, so right? you bring in a very important point, Nagin, in terms of if it is a failure, you are attacked or uh, blamed, but less credit for success. I hear you say that. In fact, uh, when it is successful, then it is not much talked about. And uh, not that people don't appreciate it, but they don't want to probably accept it in uh, public. Yes. Yeah. And uh, what I hear you say is that when it is a failure, that's it. Then you have to take the flag. And, uh, yes, failure is you have to take the entire ownership and entire responsibility. Nobody is going to stand with you for sure. But if it's a success and it's a team uh, effort and it just happened in the fluke, she did it, maybe it was to happen this way or she must have been guided by somebody. And there's one more thing about us being women, which I would uh, definitely want to talk about, is that we don't highlight our strengths. That's a huge thing. And, you know, when I would sit with women talking about um, asking their aspirations, 
during any appraisal that where do you see yourself in five years? The women would start from the excuses first. See, I have a home, I'm married, I have two kids. So one will be in grade five this year and then this and then this. So maybe if I do this, then I'll be able. So they are kind of connecting everything to the challenges that they have as women in their life, as a woman, right? And if the same question I ask a man that where do you see yourself in five years? His straight answer would be maybe VP sales, maybe a divisional head, you know, and then our conversation would be completely different because then we will be talking about the path that will take him to become the divisional head or the VP or whatever. But when I'm talking to women, they would start with that this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. So automatically it would drag me to first convince them that, okay, this is one thing, you will still have time. And when your son will go to school, you will. Have, so I would first kind of condition them towards that and then talk about uh, where she wants to be. So what I'm trying to tell here is that it is high time that we as women leaders start teaching, we as mothers, we, we as sisters, we as influencers start telling our women to speak for their career, to speak for what they want, how it will happen and what are the challenges that comes later. Stop underestimating yourself first because the world is doing it already and we are just adding to it. So you're, you know, what I hear you saying again is that uh, the attitude uh, is something which we need to look at are we actually uh, coming with a hand-me-down kind of mindset? That means someone is doing us a favor if they accept us. Someone is doing us a favor if uh, they include us. Someone is doing us a favor if they promote us. And right. these kind of... Uh, so, and uh, do you think... Uh, uh, there is also in your own experience, women are in a kind of a double bind where uh, if they are, uh, I have seen this happen many times. My question is because as a uh, woman and a woman of color, you have to play nice all the time. If you play nice all the time, they attach meaning to it especially in, uh, in the society and the corporate world, they give meaning to it. They get uh, judgmental. As opposed to, I, uh, I wanted to pick your uh, mind on this. When you want to be assertive, after hearing, let us say, Nagin speak about it so strongly, now I go back and uh, become more assertive then again an issue, because then you are considered to be aggressive, as you said, hot-headed, strong, uh, stubborn. And so you are kind of, did you face that in terms of a double bind? If I'm nice, people think I am uh, meek. And if I am assertive, people think I'm aggressive and uh, too dominant. 
and they don't like it. Have you faced this kind of scenarios? Yes, because as a as a leader, I was I was never and I will never be even you know at home and everywhere. I cannot. I'm a I'm a people's person, so I reach out to people. I connect with them at a human level to get the work done. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I was always seen as somebody with a with a, a too soft hearted and uh, let's talk to ma'am, uh, you know, she will agree to it. Uh, you know, if there is like a fun event happening, she will agree to it because she likes it too. And uh, that kind of thing. And the men, uh, you know, the, the lobby that ha I had, you know, lobbying against me, the men uh, group, they would say, you know, like uh, she's too easy to go with. And, you know, that kind of, that was a, always a label. But I, again, I'm advising every woman uh, women of color, especially that follow your true self. Even if you are labeled as there are women who would want to be uh, like a more uh, aggressive or dominating in the sense that they see we have men leaders, men uh, CEOs and men um, directors in the company who are strong headed, who, who have a rude attitude. Why uh, that's acceptable. So if a woman has that attitude, uh, maybe she's like that at home as well. That's how you are. You cannot you you cannot be the person who is always smiling and always you know that the she maybe she that's how she is. So why not accept her the way she is? Why do you have to label that she is uh, strong-headed? And if a woman is uh, smiling and connecting with people, that she is of a loose character or uh, she means something else. So let me uh, flip the question here a little bit. Uh, you said you're a people's person. And I think, do you think, uh, my question here is, is it also that uh, women are also not trying to create allies in men in the workplace? So when you, as a group, if you isolate yourself as, a, because I see that and as a man, uh, who's been working and consulting in the corporate world. My question to you was, if there is an exclusive women group, so I, I always find that, you know, the ladies get together and make a group and it is us versus them. So is there a need to change that mindset as well, that you have allies who are men so that we start to be sensitive about it do you think uh, this that... is uh, this is the most important thing that uh, any woman should do and even i would uh, you know advise the men to step up and create that uh, uh, safe space uh, see i was uh, when i was leading the organization i was reporting into uh, a boss who was a man and he believed uh, in me hundred percent. So I had my ally in him. I had my ally in his seniors because I was trying to, I did my best because I said he believes in me and I have to make sure that I fulfill that. And it's in a positive way. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't a stress. It is like somebody encouraging you that, okay, if it is your decision, I'll stand by. There were times when he stood by me 
And there were people in the organization, right in the, at the ground, who stood by my decisions only because I believed in those decisions, although to them it wasn't making sense. Okay. Right? But they stood. They said, if you believe in yourself, if you believe in that, let's try it. And we are there, if you fail, we are there to support you. We'll make sure to correct it. But let's do it in a different way. The way you are coming, approaching this particular challenge in the organization is completely different. Nobody would do that. Um, it can be a total failure, but if it clicks, it's going to be remarkable. We will stand with you. Yeah, I think so you one. need to so you need to bring those allies with you. You have to create that space for men. Always thinking that they are going to push you is not right even. So at your workplace, because we are talking to women of color, uh, my sincere advice is that try to open up. First thing is look within yourself. Be aware. See, as a mother, I have my different challenges. Raising two boys as a single mom itself is a huge challenge. So, yeah, what so that, I, that is one thing which really, in fact, Dr. Sonia asked this question long back. And but it's a very interesting thing because how do you juggle? How do you get that balance? And how do you keep, uh, you know, sane when you not just have to fight and now as an entrepreneur? and uh, um, a single mom with two kids, uh, wonderful kids. I've met them, so, so wonderful. Um, how are you managing the, the big challenge for, as you uh, during the conversation said, that women come with excuses first in terms of when uh, five years from now. So how are you able to keep a smile even despite all this which happens around you, I think every day. So right from yeah, the morning think, uh, uh, when uh, people, you wake up till the time, I think uh, post COVID, I think the women are the people who are sleeping uh, the last because they, they just have to finish everything. And then they have no time to catch up with uh, their own social needs. So how are you managing it? Again, Shiri, uh, it comes again. Yeah, as we said that it's the mindset that helps you every time. And um, I personally think that the more you look within yourself and you know what your strengths and your weaknesses are, what are, what are the things that triggers your anxiety? What are the things that triggers your happiness or joy? Uh, you kind of start focusing and uh, directing your energies towards it. As I said, that when I would go to work, I... Uh, when I, I was traveling all around the world as a single mom with two kids back home, right? Mm -hmm. Because my thing was that we, we need to do, I have a career to follow through because uh, definitely it meant a lot to me and it was, uh, you know, everything for my kids as well, for their well-being, to raise them, at, you know, with uh, all the goodness of life, which needs money, which needs uh, uh, resources, I have to work and I have to work successfully, right? So that is that is a given thing. But at the same time, not at the price or at the cost of uh, losing them or getting away. I think my, I have a very strong bond with my sons. 
uh, we we talk and we are more friends, but they exactly know what their mom likes and she did that she dislikes. That's one thing. Where at workplace, it's more like when you're working, focus on how you can make things work. You know that you have ABC things to do at home, how you will manage those things. I think the more you talk to yourself, then to the world, you will have solutions. Because okay. you will go to the world with solutions. Like I, there was a time when I was uh, fighting the custody of my boys back at home. And it wasn't an easy thing as a woman, as a mother to fight custody for boys in that part of the world. So I was going through a very difficult time. And at the same time, my organization needed me because we were going through a restructuring process globally. So I was very much needed there. So what I would do is that I would always go to, and uh, when I'm talking about the custody, let me put it uh, here, that we were having life-threatening situations at times, the boys and myself. I, I would always go to my boss and tell him, not that, you know, this is happening, what am I supposed to do? And he was not in that country. He was outside uh, Pakistan. And I would always tell him that I have made ABC arrangements for the boys because I will be staying late at work. I'll be here after 6 p.m. So I have made ABC arrangements for my boys. That's a solution mindset. Because I'm, I'm telling him that I have a challenge, but I have taken care of it. So now he knows that, right? God forbid if I'm needed back home and if I rush, it will not be held against me that she just left because she's a woman or she's a mother and you know there's no point in giving responsibility to her, blah, 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 because I already brought to his attention and we worked it together. So come from come from the um, the point, the place of finding solutions to do your work and the challenges. There were times when um, I had to attend important meetings, but those times actually clashed with my court timings. And I would tell them, I don't want the whole world to know that I'm going to the court. But the people, and there is the allyship. There were men who stood with me. I, I would tell them, can you take this call for me? Even people reporting into me, my juniors, at times I would reach out to them. Can you take this call for me? And what was it creating? During those tough and dark times where I was working with the allies, I was also creating space for my team to grow. Because if I asked somebody to take that call for me, that means I had this idea that this person has the potential to do this. And at some point I could prove that he is worthy of doing that, not because he did a favor to me, but because he had the potential, that is why I put him in the call and he needs to move a, a step up in the ladder. So what I'm trying to tell here is that life is full of challenges and there, there will be worse times. I'm the person who fled from my country with only two bags. 
one the entire day I was in my country and in night I was gone. Two bags, two boys and me in US. That's how we landed here. Right, but the journey was tough. But I had this thing, I believed in myself. I knew that what I was doing is good for my boys, number one. Number two is that the allies that I had created in the journey, that's not, you see, it's how, it's not that you're gaining uh, some kind, what women get into, especially women of color, that they think that if they ask for help, it's kind of a favor. They will be looked down. See, when you ask favor from someone, those people are your partners in believing. They're not doing a favor to you. They believe in you. And that is why they are stepping up. The, the, this whole lounge is because Shiri knows so many women or as um, a corporate trainer, he has seen so much of struggle that he felt that there should be open conversations so that people can listen what happened, what is actually happening, where we are stepping back. I lived in that uh, abusive relationship for 12 years. Every time, you know, I have, I've, I'm a published author. I've written a book. It's on Amazon. Um, every, and it's in my book. I have written that every time the people would ask me, why did you live in that relationship for 12 years? Please stop asking this question from women. I work at domestic violence shelters as their counselor, as their supporter. The women, uh, they, everybody asked them that, why, did you, why didn't you leave him earlier or later or whatever? It's not about that. Just stop judging women for their decisions. Yeah, so what, you're, uh, what I hear you say, and as uh, uh, Kenneth is also saying, and I second that, in fact, uh, be open to ask for help because uh, yes. I yes, think uh, I, I always uh, felt this and I think uh, uh, from what I hear from you and it is uh, almost biblical in uh, its statement, but seek and you shall receive. And I think in every book it is written, seek and you shall receive. And uh, what I hear you say is that don't be closed, be open. And uh, people are there, out there to help. And in fact, the people who have joined us today and who couldn't make it as well, but did show their uh, support for the cause. Uh, I think they have uh, made that point very vocally and strongly. In fact, I would say that those who couldn't join have also made a statement that we stand and we are there to help. And I think that's a very, very important. And I let me just switch now, uh, you know, just, uh, keep switching back and forth because it's a kind of a conversation which I want to move uh, at different points. So how was your experience, you know, being an immigrant, coming to the US and then uh, getting, uh, so it's been a journey, yes, and uh, to get the love and support of the uh, people in the United States. But I'm sure the path would have had its own experiences for you. I'm just curious to yes. know. Uh, see, I wasn't uh, prepared <laughs> to uh, see this part of the world with so much of uh, indifferences. 
let me put it this way. So when we say, I have this question for the organization and I keep uh, in my um, diversity and inclusion uh, talks that I do or the trainings that I deliver, my first question to the organization is that when you write that we are equal opportunity employer, do you even know what that means? It's just not a box to check and you hire that person, you hire a person of disability, you hire a refugee, you hire a woman or man of color, you hire a veteran, but are you prepared to work with that person? Because they are coming with things and experiences and challenges which will be completely different from your other 80 or 90% of the organization. And then because you're not prepared, you push them back. And they feel, and they feel lost. So have you already created that culture within the organization? Are you prepared to be an equal opportunity employer? That's the question. That's a, that's, a, that's a strong question. So for me, I came here and uh, with my two boys and obviously I had to go through the refugee settlement, uh, the process. And uh, so hiring, uh, you know, so there are certain things that are happening in my life, probably which have nothing to do with the work, right? With, with the work. But there are certain things that are happening to my life, which, uh, may or may not impact certain things at work. But if I'm talking to my HR and they give me this impression that, that they have no idea about what I'm talking and they will check and evaluate, that's where it hurts. That I'm telling you that this is what it is just because you don't know you're not trusting me. So when and I, I hear expect- you, what I hear you say, Nagin, is that you, you made a very important uh, observation and uh, shared your experience. Uh, so what I, what I hear you say is that, um, yeah, equal opportunity employer. And we hear this all the time across the globe, not just in the United States, but every organization talks about it. So is it really an equal opportunity. And you're raising a very uh, important question for everyone to really look at. And as you said, serious question. Uh, Thank you for bringing this to the attention of all of us. In fact, that's a powerful thing. Equal opportunity is just mere, yeah, on the walls. And that's what, uh, yeah, it's a very good, you know, point which you make. And I, I'm really glad that you brought in because that used to bother me as well. So, yeah. Yeah, and then and then because of, uh, you know, certain challenges that I I have in because of, of the immigration status, um, you know, I've, I personally felt that I wasn't given the most um, important of the projects because at the time it was my inability to travel outside US. And um, so COVID, never, COVID didn't happen at that time. People didn't know the virtual world. Now everybody is doing everything virtually. But at that time, if I would say that I can do this project sitting in US, 
I don't have to go to India or Pakistan or Sri Lanka or UK or Germany to get this work done. We have people there at the ground and I can really work from here and make it happen. Nobody would believe me. That was the struggle. And I remember at one point in the organization, they asked me, my manager asked me, oh, by the way, my manager was a woman. And uh, then I was moved to um, uh, another team where my manager was, my uh, manager was a man, but both were not um, open to have, to take those uh, challenging or to take those, um, you know, powerful steps or initiatives to make an immigrant and a refugee feel comfortable and let her bloom and work. That was really painful because I remember that to my manager once, she asked me, so I told her, and that's where I'm trying to tell, uh, th this is a very important piece of the entire conversation. Listen to me very carefully. She asked me in the appraisal, what is your passion? See the question. Uh, I, um, all, all my life I've been an innovative uh, global marketing head all the time, right? Oh, this was the designation. So now the, uh, she asked me, what is your passion? And I told her my passion is women empowerment. She asked me about my passion. I'm repeating it again and again. And I told her my, my passion is women empowerment, women leadership. And I would love to be part of initiatives happening within the organization, even if it's with HR, where we talk about inclusion, where we talk about women leadership, where we talk about uh, building women. Guess what happened? It was painted that I no more want to be a marketing, a marketeer. I want to change my career. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. How, so it was yeah. like uh, they, they probably converted what you said into yeah. probably started judging and concluding. Yes. And, yeah. and I could feel from that point onwards I was pushed back in every assignment that was leading to uh, marketing. And all of a sudden I became the member of the diversity and inclusion council. I loved it, but that was my passion. For 20 years, I worked as a marketeer and all of a sudden when somebody asked me, what is your passion? And I'm talking about my passion. And the person is like, okay, so here you go. So my career was like this. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to, how to handle that because then I started reaching HR and they said, no, you said it. I, I mean, you said, she said, he said, listen, I'm a whole human being. Talk to me, bring that manager on the table. Let's have that conversation. No, because she was senior. So how it is, it was coming to me. It was coming to me that a white lady had just ruined my career just because she thought that I'm talking, she didn't understand me. She never asked questions. 
I could have taken it that way. And most of the times we take it that way. Here I'm making a point. It's not about her being white, her being women. It's about her being not capable of understanding or asking questions to understand. Okay. So what I hear so you saying. She had to look within herself. Yeah. So what you're saying is that there is an increasing need uh, to sensitize people to just the needs of fellow workers, co-workers and fellow human beings. I think that is more, so the narrative you are also suggesting is it's not just about color, it's about sensitizing. Because if we remain, uh, I think that is one thing probably I could uh, uh, love to hear your thoughts on that. If we are not willing to change the narrative from just of color or gender or so on, because I, I loop it back to what you said initially, what value we are adding. So the narrative has to change and you are indicating that it's not about color, about her not being sensitive, her not being aware, her not being able to understand. And that is the crux of the matter. And I think, uh, do you think that that has happened that, you know, people, shift the attention to you know other topics which get into uh, much more murky waters and then the real issue and the victim continues to be used and abused yeah. for various reasons i'm using this question because used and abused is what i'm saying and you become a kind of a pawn yeah you feel that kind of a situation Yes, and I think people, uh, with the, it's high time that we need to understand, and that is the reason I left my corporate job, and um, I was all I was already doing consultation and all private consultations and all, but I left my um, corporate job and I took up entrepreneurship because, and I felt that it is so important for the world to know to understand. Um, uh, see, we we all the time talk about the unacceptance of uh, women of color or the struggle they have to make. Yes, they have to make struggle. I'm not denying it. I'm not denying it. I have, I've been training people. I've been in corporations where they think that they cannot put a black woman at, um, you know, places where there's more interaction with uh, the world, with public because they're too loud. Right, so that, that that's the perception here. One of the perceptions here, or um, you know, they would not. Um, I have seen at centers the women shelters that I work with. They have to send recommendations to organizations uh, for jobs for women for the domestic violence victims, and they kind of restrain. They have their own thing that oh she's a black, oh she's a Mexican, oh she's this, oh she's that, she's an Indian, blah blah blah. So let me uh, not send a recommendation to a bank. We don't know what her, uh, you know, she she might not be um, fair, she might not be honest, or she might be too loud and etc. My question is that you are there to send recommendation. If that person fits in that criteria, if her work experience fits in that criteria, please do that. The due diligence will be done by the company who's hiring that person. That is that is another thing which actually triggered when you and that, said that that that's that's that is lying in the society, Shri, and that's like that's where we want to make the difference. 
our conversations, the, the, uh, what I will say is the, the, the worst part is that we are too focused on the corporate world when we talk about um, injustice or um, unacceptance or being pushed or sidelined. We talk so much about our, uh, our whole uh, attention is towards corporations, whereas we need to change, bring change in the pipeline which is leading to corporations. Yeah, the neighborhood is what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, in fact, uh, another thing which is very, very concerning, and I think uh, it somehow came out, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, you have to also probably endure people questioning your integrity. Uh, you know, so when you said that, you know, they may not be honest and uh, they may, they come from backgrounds which may not be uh, appropriate for corporate or it's a kind of a very serious uh, concern which you raised, uh, the question of integrity. And they have to keep proving themselves that uh, if I, what I heard you say is uh, what comes out is uh, they have to prove that they are trustworthy and to win that trust of the people around, you know, it started from, I remember, it starts from the family and the near and dear to the neighborhood, to the corporate world. So as you, as I hear you say, the entire pipeline. So uh, questioning the integrity. So have you actually faced this kind of scenarios as well that people challenge you and say that yeah, but yeah, I think I, I will I will tell you uh, a little thing which is like um, since it's a weekend lounge, I can definitely say it's like a family thing. Um, my little one, he went to his friend's house um, a couple of days ago, and um, the lady, uh, the mom of his, uh, his friend's mom, uh, she introduced him to the dad, like the the friend's dad, saying. Oh, see this kid, he's being raised by a single mom without a father. And look what a great kid he is. Now, he came back home and he said that, um, Mama, what does that mean? He's 13 year old. So for him, you know, the intro should have been meet friend, that's it, right? But or if he was, but or if she found him to be a great kid, a disciplined kid, she could have just said he's a good kid, he's a great kid. But she added that piece that he's being raised without a father by a single mom, and see, he's a still a great kid. This is this is very uh, interesting because I was just uh, going through some posts which come on LinkedIn, and uh, this triggered me as well that people look down upon people, and it is a condescending attitude. That means, oh, a single mom could raise wonderful kids, run a successful business. Because I was looking at a LinkedIn post which said, in this part of the world, the news headlines says the daughter of a auto rickshaw driver has become a officer, a IAS officer in the government. A daughter of a poor man has become the, uh, what do you call, um, doctor. And 
the credit for her hard work is totally missed here. Her goodness is gone. The focus has gone into uh, the the story reminded me, and I thought it is an interesting thing because uh, people think that they are not. Uh, how can a poor man raise a daughter who went on to become a daughter, a doctor? You know, this is crazy. In fact, um, I really uh, thought this was very condescending. And as you said, uh, the question which you have raised, and it is a very important thing for all our uh, supporters and the people who are supporting the cause, is the narrative. Yeah. How can and you come and, you know, so the question uh, I, uh, I ask is, uh, so your journey as a coach as well, because how can you coach uh, a woman of color coach someone else yeah so, so so you see like uh, so now the effort that my little one puts in daily to be a good kid and you know it was just washed away by saying and then people so when he shared this with me he said why wh what does that mean I said it means that you know I did a good job and he was looking at me and he said his answer was I'm sorry people judge you so much that was his response and I told him in response to that that it's easy for people to judge others than to know them. And you know, it's a it's a common thing that people choose their easiest way out. So for it's very easy to judge people than to know them. And we just laughed it off. But the thing is, it was it, it was something that I have to answer. I have to reach out to my boys to keep their minds clear about what the world, why the world is behaving the way the world is behaving. Because their questions are coming to me. I mean, the way world is behaving with them, they come and ask me. So I'm like kind of an attorney for the world for and against, like, you know, like trying to interpret whatever they are doing. The boys come and ask me why this person is saying this, why this is happening, why that is happening. So your role as a mother, as a parent, as a father is, so the more you are self-aware of uh, your own um, strengths, weaknesses, triggers, and the more you understand yourself, the more you would understand the world and why it is behaving the way it is behaving. Uh, coming so, to, and so then I have that, a similar- that is, yeah. that is the point which I want to ask. Now, see one thing which, uh, you know, as we near the uh, end of the launch, this is a very interesting conversation. I think a lot of people, including Jabber, uh, Kenneth and Simeon and Aldian and uh, Dr. Sonia, Everybody had powerful experiences to share and talk about. In fact, um, uh, some of the interesting things, like Dr. Sonia was saying that her sister was, um, you know, uh, a parliamentarian in South Africa and in a male-dominated uh, society, and she did exceedingly well. So there are... Uh, wonderful examples and one is you so there are many examples of industry leaders who have uh, fought many battles but they have reached the top echelons of uh, the corporate world and uh, the name of the society uh, one which i remember definitely is the uh, prime minister of new zealand so the work-life balance question so she is uh, the prime minister she 
manages a country and uh, she's able to juggle everything and people are wondering how she does it. And in fact, even I was wondering, it's, it's not even a corporation, it is the whole nation. So uh, let me uh, now look at being successful and as you are and uh, going through this, what are those things which, so the question is, what things which people need to look at as a parent, because it starts from home, so as a, I do not want to use the word single mom, but as a parent, uh, what do you think people need to focus on as a mother of teens growing up? What are the typical things, which one or two things which they need to look at? To be a lady in the corporate world, reach the top, anything which you think and to be successful at that because you were country head and global marketing head for an organization and also to be a successful businesswoman. So my question to you is this, you wear so many hats, uh, mom, uh, um, teacher as a coach, as a corporate uh, employee who was there, as a person who endured so many things plus a successful businesswoman as well. So how do you wear all these hats? And uh, do you have some uh, few, you know, we want to peep into your mind and know what yeah, you so do Shri, to keep I yourself was, sane. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so Shri, one thing for sure, I uh, will advise everyone is to focus on their mindset, to know themselves first. And it will help them so much. Let me tell you, it has helped me in a variety of ways. The more I look into with, within myself, I know, I exactly know what triggers me, what would spoil my day, what, what would make me happy, what would give me energy, what is my motivation. So these are the things and you only learn that if you are self-aware because then, you know, uh, and that is why the program that I run, uh, the eight-week program, and recently I collaborated with you because it needed more of, it was an, initially, it was a four-week program, but uh, I felt that there is a lot that needs to be added there. So that's an eight-week uh, Accelerator 2.0 program that I run for eight weeks. It's a very successful program. And the program revolves around knowing yourself first to become a better leader. And leader, you can be a leader as a mom. You don't have, leader is not somebody who is like running elections or who is like uh, leading an organization. You are a leader as a mom. You're a leader as a sister. You are a leader as a cousin, as a friend because you are trying to help uh, there are it, people would come to you we go to our cousins we go to our friends for advices and that's where you, you all of a sudden you become a leader so you can lead you know? from anywhere so is what you're you saying. you can lead from anywhere it doesn't you don't have to wear a title for that that you're a leader right so and in all the if you see all the journey that i have i've been uh through a, an abusive marriage i've been i've gone through a very messy divorce i managed to bring my kids safely to us now one is doing his corporate law the other is a 13 year old living his trying to figure out what he has to do in life so you know there are so doing all this so the, the journey was never a straight line or happy and everything but i'll tell you one thing be it a man or a woman if you are truthful 
in your journey, even if it's your pain, if you're truthful, and if you're ready to accept your mistakes and your, your um, wrongdoings, you will definitely become a better person, a stronger person. For example, I will request women to stop thinking that if they tell their friend or a colleague that they are running late because they have to stop by at their kid's school, they will be judged. See, you are actually putting out that in universe for yourself. You are assuming that that person will think bad about you or it will be hold against you. Yet it happens, it happens because it's a it's world. It's, it's, it's a huge world, not everybody. But most of the people will respect you for being so truthful. I have said no to international travels where I was needed the most. I have said no to my boss, to uh, everyone telling them that I cannot do it because I'm needed more at home. They respected it. There are times when I have calls, Shiri, with you, I canceled the call last minute, but I, I, I don't say that, oh, I cannot make it. Can we do? I don't run around uh, stuff to make myself feel, uh, you know, look good in front of you or in front of anybody I'm talking to. If I have to cancel a call or reschedule it or delay it, even if it's the last minute, and it's because of my son or because of something that happened at home or anything, I am always truthful. I write what is happening. So because so I know because I, I know that that person will understand. See, everybody is human. So if you stop thinking that that person will judge me now, uh, the the relationship that we both have is that we are trying to uh, collaborate at many levels. You know, for for a, for a larger work. There are, uh, there are relationships that I have with uh, so many of the attendees here, you know, including Carl, who is doing a lot of community work, including Simon, who I'm doing a program, Fempreneur, by the way, you guys can spread the word. It's a free uh, entrepreneurship program offered by Simmons organization, the nonprofit in Tanzania for women around the globe. We are offering a four week entrepreneurship program for women. So to train them to become powerful entrepreneurs. So they will know how to do their taxes then their um, business uh, plan and everything. So coming back to this, so I have these, I'm, and these are all men I'm working with. And That's there are times I, yeah. <laughs> and these are all men I'm working with. And I cancel the call. I have done this a million times and I cannot, and every time I come back and I say it, next time I'll be more careful, but they also know that she might end up in something and we are prepared for it. They value it, they respect it. That's allyship. And that happened only because I'm truthful to them. And I'm not thinking that these people will think bad about me and my collaboration or my partnership or my business opportunity will go down the drain because this person is going to think, oh, she's full of problems. This is not how the world works. It's how you put yourself out in the world. And that's what I, we teach at Accelerate Her 2.0, to learn you, how to put yourself out in the world because it's not only you bombarded with challenges in life. 
everybody is living their own struggle. So what I hear, I think these are very, very important points which you made. One is to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable is one thing which, so be honest to yourself is what you're saying to start with. The other is authenticity. We don't have to put on a facade is what, you know, we don't have to come across as, uh, so what I hear in the underlying message which you're giving uh, is that we don't have to put on a facade of being a strong woman, uh, which probably causes more problems. In fact, uh, then we are not even opening the doors for help. And I think that's a very important point which you made because I, I know for sure as a man, I'm just sharing this here because you said it. If you are projecting who you are not and not being authentic, then you may not even receive the help which could otherwise come. So I think uh, what you made is a powerful thing. So what I'm hearing from you is increased vulnerability, comfort with vulnerability, and being authentic, being truthful to yourself is what you said. Ability to say no when uh, you got to, because self-care is important. And I think that is another point which came along the story, which you said in this uh, weekend discussion, which we had, and uh, self-awareness. In fact, uh, I think that's one which you've been talking about quite a bit in terms of how self-awareness has helped you uh, in the recent past. So probably you can just throw some light and then you know probably we can uh, sum up because a lot of people have said that, hey, being uh, putting, um, putting on a facade like Kenneth was just sharing and uh, he concurs with it. You know, most of the people actually put on a facade and it's not just women, even men. And I think what you have shared is a much more larger perspective. So if you can look at that part of it and uh, some key takeaways for us today, that will be important and how self-awareness became a important uh, cog in the wheel for your, you know, journey. Uh, see, Shiri, uh, whenever the 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 problems that I was going through in my personal life uh, during that abusive uh, marriage relationship, that was a, a very um, learning process for me. I I earned a degree in self awareness after those twelve years, living those twelve years, right? Because. I didn't know, I was not looking it within myself. I was, I was in pain, I was in denial. I was in, if, that, you know, what will happen if I do this? People will judge me because of this. And, you know, A, B, C, I will not be able to raise my kids. What will happen to my work? What, you know, all those things, because I was not talking to myself what I wanted. And I was more worried about what is what other people want of me. How do, do would, I, would I fit in? So this, this thing that to fit in kills you. Yep. you the, the space is there for you as you are. 
I repeat, the space is there for you as you are. You do not have to fit in. If you, if you know yourself, if you have you know, achieved and won over your strengths and weaknesses, you are aware of what is happening within you, inside you, you know your goals, you know your um, uh, good and bad, I think you will put up a plan for your life, which will help you. Failures will be there. It's not that I have not been through failure in my uh, business journey. I, COVID was a big lesson for me. I was always, my business was always in person. I had to shift it to, I had to pivot it uh, in many ways and then shift it to online presence, which was a challenging thing for me because I'm not a person to do videos and, uh, you know, like be there on the online, the social media all the time. But then I had to change my understanding of how my business would work. So there are, and in the process, I failed many times. I, you know, so we, what we do is we start looking at, now I'll give you an example. And here there are so many people, you know, they might have their own businesses or even at workplace. I'll tell, I'll give you a, a little example. Um, in the online world, you create a video, right? And you put it out there. I have seen, and this is something that I tell to my clients. She comes to me and she says, Najin, it, I only got two likes. <laughs> and, you know, only three people viewed my uh, video. And I was like, why are you focusing on, so, the, so, so on her next video, right? And it, it, it happens with men as well. So on their next video, they are focused they are trying to create the video to get attraction, like to increase the number of likes. So they are working on how they would look in the video, what are they going to wear, and the content gets missing. So what I tell people is that focus on your strengths. You don't, the, the, the two people who watched your video, even if they're not buying your product, even if it's your brother or your sister, you, your video is seen by two people who believed in you. That's, that's it. So you are a winner. Same with your work. Keep on doing, keep on the good work. You'll be seen. Same in the, at corporate level. I tell women, they accelerate her program. If there are opportunities, don't be a cry baby saying that my manager did not call me for that project. Or if there are projects happening cross-functional, I, I, they did not call me or, you know, why don't you go and talk to them? Why don't you take the initiative of reaching out to them and saying, see, hey, this is my strength. And again, my point, don't underestimate yourself. Let the world know that these are your strengths. Hey, that's a very interesting one which came from Kenneth. And I, I really want to share it with everybody. In fact, he says that I... It's not about I don't want to fit in. I want to fit in and I fit in everywhere. So I think uh, the fitting in which he's talking about, wonderful. In fact, thanks Kenneth for uh, these words of wisdom. I think it is coming from a positive mindset. Yeah, and yeah, when you yeah. talked about a positive mindset and the reboot, mindset reboot is what you talk about, Nadine, uh, more often than not. I think Kenneth really nailed it when he said, 
Okay, fitting in from a position of weakness and what he moved it wonderfully well, saying that fitting in from the position of power. More yeah, awareness. I fit in. I I just love. I just saw this. I so I love it that when he said that I fit in everywhere. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That you, if you see a project happening, if you see that you are capable of doing it, again, Kenneth's words. I fit in everywhere, Kenneth. If you have the, uh, uh, you know, give me the uh, liberty to use this with my clients. I'm as a lesson to my clients. I'm going to write a post on it. I fit in <laughs> everywhere, but I'll give you the due credit for sure. <laughs> Trust. Me on that. absolutely absolutely this was so this, this uh, is so powerful you know and then that's what i'm saying that when you have like you have the cross fund if you see there are opportunities don't underestimate yourself and just go out and try to do it one thing what we do is in the corporate world if there is an opportunity in another function or in, in some areas and they um send those um you know, like emails that there is an opportunity within the organization and you start reading the prerequisites. You say, oh, they want this. Oh, they want this. Oh, they want this. Right. So you keep on looking at the list of and focus on the things that you don't have. If out of the 11 things that that role needs, you have one of the qualities of the 11 that is listed, please go and apply. So Kenneth gives you the permission, uh, Nagin, to use it. He says, savor the flavor of the awesomeness in that. So thank you, Kenneth. And uh, you're being kind to share your wisdom. And yeah, that thank was you really so much. Powerful. Yeah, really. I thoroughly enjoyed that statement. And I it just switched the perspective. And yes. uh, uh, this was powerful. I think uh, that's, that's what these... Uh, our friends can do you know so there are um yeah see we are, see we are building each other and these the, see this is why these conversations are so important because i'm saying something and a man is supporting me he's like and then he made it more beautiful so he empowered what i said he essenced it right so what i'm uh, what i'm saying is that i would repeat it i think uh, we missed the point if you have like out of if, if there is an opportunity this is going for all the women of color that if you see an opportunity within your organization and there is a list of uh the skill set that is needed and you think that you do not fit in in five of those but you fit in two or three please go ahead and apply and have a conversation across the table with that hiring manager with your hr because you never know that the three skills that you have are actually the skills that is what the manager is looking at. That's where she or he is struggling to find a person. He might have uh, found people who have the other five, but the reason he hasn't hired yet because the other three, the three missing is what you have now. So what I'm trying to say is that don't underestimate yourself Put yourself out there. If you have the skill set, if you have the, the energy to do that role, please go out and talk to people and raise your voice for yourself, for others. If you think something is happening in your neighborhood, in your community, in your organization where you can extend support as a man or as a woman or as a man of color or as a, a woman of color, please go ahead and support that person and try to 
bring in a conversation. The more we talk about it, the more questions we raise, the more answers will come. And then with solutions. The key here is that the conversations should be focused on positivity to for creating solutions, not to put yourself as a victim. Remember that you are having, we all are having these conversations across the globe, not to prove ourselves the victim, but to open doors and correct things for the future generations. So we, we have a bigger responsibility than we think. Okay, so um, so just to quickly uh, sum up uh, Nagin, because uh, some of her friends yeah. have stayed late with us, but it's been so wonderful. Thank you, Simeon, Kenneth, uh, uh, Bernard. Bernard joined late, but uh, he's a dear friend of mine and has some wonderful uh, thoughts around integrity, priorities, and he's, uh, he's the bike show man. So I really like his, uh, uh, you know, motorbike riding and... Uh, those kind of lessons which he shares. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Sonia, Dr. Usha, uh, for uh, hopping in, and uh, Aldian, and uh, so many others, Carl, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Ratinam Sundaraj, who came in from India. Uh, what I was uh, thinking was it, it's, it's absolutely, in fact, Kenneth says that we all need to support uh, each other and uh, the betterment of uh, humankind and that's that's really the case we, we should actually change the narrative is what uh, is being told and that's a very important point uh, it's not just uh, talking about color and those issues and i think um, this is wonderful conversation again thank you very much for your time and thanks all of you in fact you so uh, much, the the uh, TCD Live uh, weekend launch will keep coming and uh, show us your likes uh, as we uh, go along and we'll share a quick uh, feedback form with uh, all of you so that uh, you can actually, and in fact, uh, uh, not just give your feedback in terms of what topics we can cover, what we can do. And uh, if some of you wonderful people um, who want to be part of the show and be the our guest, in fact, to talk about the issues which you would like to bring to the world. As Kenneth said, we all need to stand together. We would welcome that. In fact, the weekend launch is going to happen regularly and uh, we would send in our invitations. Uh, if you feel that you are passionate about certain topics which you want to bring to the world and share with us and all the uh, global community, please feel free to let us know and we will have you um, at the launch having a conversation with uh, me and Nakeen as always. Thank you very much. And uh, please do take two minutes to, uh, I've just uh, put the uh, link in the uh, uh, chat window so that you can put in your feedback. We can continue our conversations as we go along. Thank you. And have a great Thank weekend so and enjoy yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye -bye. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Thank you.